Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial. You can find more about uh, our business at McNamaraFinancial.com. We also have a new uh, website for our uh, Merrimack Valley location, which is McNamara of the Merrimack, of the Merrimack.com. Uh, I, we have a plan. We are just getting uh, organized here, but we are going to be chatting uh, with Sharon McNamara, broker, owner of Boston Connect Real Estate. We are going to be having a real estate-related show and sort of all the topics surrounding real estate and, and the financial issues surrounding real estate. Um, I haven't had Sharon on the show in quite a while. She's very busy in her with her own show that airs, what, Tuesday nights Tuesday, at 6.15? Tuesday evenings, yes. Yeah, right here, uh, here on WATD. Um, you can also check out her podcast. Uh, you can search Boston Connect. No, I'm, I'm sorry, Talk Real Estate. Yeah, Talk Real Estate. Thank you. Yeah. You can search Talk Real Estate. Uh, and of course, McNamara on Money also has a podcast. You can search from your Android device or your iPhone uh, for McNamara on Money. And we, we take the shows. So if you ever miss a show, uh, we make a couple of podcasts a week from, um, from the show. So uh, you'll never miss a beat, basically. So good morning, Sharon. Right on time. Good morning. Uh, well, I got your message. I was, <laughs> I was mes messaging Sharon that I would be late and to let Tim know that I would be here at seven uh, at, at the right time. And um, 
So, but foolish of me thinking that you might be early. I think yeah. both of you, both of us are always running. We all just need, here we are. We all just need tunnels to get us directly to the uh, station from where we're living. Like, I have to. It's. I'm not used to coming here anymore because we have the um, in-home studio now at the uh, office. Yes, yeah. Do you always right. broadcast from here? Yeah. Now? So now oh, okay. we're there. So I'm not used to the drive. But no, I actually, um, you know, went to bed about three last night. Got up oh, this morning really? at six, and then I Ooh. went to the office and printed a bunch of things. So here I am. <laughs> here you are. <laughs> so I'm actually doing pretty good. I was actually thinking yeah. that I was tired this morning, but I went to bed at 10.30, so I guess yeah. you win the race there. Yes, um, yes. So congratulations for functioning. Thank you. This morning, hopefully. Um, all right. I wanted to, I just, I jotted down a few um, real estate related topics. We can mm-hmm. kind of start anywhere you want, but I always like to touch on um, what's going on with the real estate market mm-hmm. just because I, you know, I don't have obviously as much of a pulse on it as you do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all I know is um, from, you know, what I can tell what's happening, you know, in the, in the houses in our neighborhood and how quickly they're going and how, you know, if the prices are dropping or not. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's, that's the extent of my uh, pulse Beyond on knowledge. the market. Yeah. So, you know, in this area, so yeah. uh, not knowledge, but, no, you know, no, no, pulse. Uh, uh, real estate, on the real estate market. <laughs> yeah. You have a lot of knowledge, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah. No, I, it, all I know is that they're like right now in our neighborhood or in the last couple of months in our neighborhood, there's several mm-hmm. houses on the market, you know, one or two went quickly, you know, maybe another one or two didn't. And, mm-hmm. you know, I you just, you never know. Cause I feel like if you rewind just a few months, um, you know, things were going at the speed of light, yes. multiple offers, you know, things mm-hmm. going over asking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's certainly a seller's market. I don't know if that's still mm-hmm. the case or yep. if things are changing. So if you want to chime in on that, um, I would love to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So we, I, live, right? So if anyone has any questions, yep. feel free to call us, 781-837-4900. Um, so one of the things we're, you're right, I mean, we're noticing, I would say a little bit of a slowdown. I tend to see things slow down a little bit right around October 31st. I always say oh. Halloween, right? Yeah, okay. You know, this year I felt like it's come a little sooner that when we put the houses on the market, perhaps we're not getting offers right away. Some houses still are though. So I'll talk about that a little bit. Okay. But I think that I actually think that marketing and merchandising has a lot to do with it because if you notice every year, earlier and earlier and earlier, outcome like it was still bathing suit weather and they had the Halloween stuff out. Yeah. So everybody's mindset. That's the merchandising aspect of it. I was wondering where you were yeah. going with merchandising. Yeah. <laughs> In the real estate world, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. But they're yeah. sort of always ahead. They're just faster and faster every yeah. year. So I think that it puts people's mindset into a fall market before the fall is actually here. Okay. Um, um, so that's one of the things that I'm actually finding that if, but if it's priced right, then there's absolutely no problem at all. And that's one of the things I have been doing a lot of CMAs, comparative market analysis. And what I, I did one actually just yesterday um, in homes, um, it was in Pembroke and it was colonial style homes, but these ones were on the water. The list price to sale price ratio was 102.83%. The list price to sale, so it's like almost perfect. Over. Almost so slightly over, but over, yeah, almost yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but you really do have to price your properties aggressively, not aggressively, but in that range when we give a range. So I have a good example. I did an analysis for um, one of your dad's friends in his neighborhood and they were really excited about another home that had come on the market in their, in their neighborhood. They saw the price of that. 
So I, you know, said to myself, okay, well, this is interesting. How did they get to those numbers? They already had a benchmark for like what they what they were comparing their home to. Exactly. Yeah. They had it in their head, but that yeah. house was on the market. It wasn't sold yet. It was just on right. the market. Right. So that person perhaps was just testing the market, let's say. So when I brought them into my office, and that's what I do is I bring everyone into my office, I bring MLS up and I show them how I come up with the numbers so they can fully understand what the market is. My job is to educate you on the market. Your job is to price your home. But after I had been, went through okay. everything, I said, no offense, but I think that maybe your neighbor is overpriced yeah. and I'm not sure that the house is going to sell at that price. Um, eventually that house did take a price adjustment, then went off the market. It never sold. Oh, so yeah. yeah. So you're, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the market, I would imagine, but if something is sitting there for a period of time mm. in what is a pretty yeah. fast moving market, then it's not priced correctly. Yeah. Well, r I don't even want to... Do, would you yeah. even want to overpay for a pair of shoes? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. right? So think right. about buying and right. purchasing a home. Right. You're certainly going to do your research. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're going to, if you're going to look at all the comps. Now technology is so at the fingertips of buyers and sellers that the buyers can stand in front of your own house and you can do, um, we use HomeSnap and you, it gives the radius where you are, it geolocates you. It can tell you how much everything in your neighborhood has sold for, what yeah. the assessments are, everything. Yeah. So the buyers are seeing that. So before you used to be able to say, test the market and then people would be buying, paying what they were willing to pay for it. But now no one wants to overpay. So if a house is overpriced, they will say, I'll wait for that person to get realistic with their price Yeah. versus insulting them. So the boomer generation, the way they like it is, oh, let me just put my house on the market for this amount. See if somebody will throw me an offer. Because in the past that would work. Exactly. Yeah. That's how it, that's the only, that was the only point we had of the only um, margin of, not, not margin, what's the word I'm looking for? It was the only way that we could do it. We it was the only measure of measure. the that's market. The word, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way that we could do it. We put the house on the market, see if somebody's willing to buy it. Now everybody's like, hmm, well, the house next door sold for this much. Like the one in that neighborhood that I was talking about, it was like 75000 over overpriced. Yeah. So that's a lot. But you can see like your the neighbor, you know, your dad's friend thought, oh, wow, well, if we can get that too then this makes sense for us. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when I sat down with them, honestly, my advice to them was understanding what they wanted to do. And I said, of course, talk to your financial advisor. Yeah. I said, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't make sense for you to do this. You're, you're going to leave Financially, here. Financially, yeah. Yeah, you're going to leave here, a home you love, a neighborhood you love, a neighbors you love. You have the ability to do a first floor master if you chose to with, you know, a, a bathroom. But yet you're going to sell this and not even do a lateral move to get everything you love in a condo. Okay. And because they thought they were going to get more than they realistically exactly. would get, they were excited by the additional equity in the property. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yep. It's just, it's, it's, you know, uh, in my business as a financial advisor, it's really, really hard to keep emotions out of mm. my world uh, yeah. of somebody's money. It's, it's almost yep. impossible as much as people want to, um, <clears throat> want to indicate that, you know, they won't look or they're not worried when, when things go south it's impossible mm -hmm. to keep emotions out. I can't even imagine what it's like oh. in your business. It's literally impossible mm -hmm. to keep emotions out because it's, you know so, someone has lived in this property for a decade or two yeah. or their entire life, yeah. and it's like an extension of that person. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're, you know, when you're selling, the emotions are yep. 
um, very high. And and then on the flip side, same thing. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, you you know, people purchase. Um, there's obviously the financial aspect of purchasing and whether or not long term it will be a good investment. Will it mm-hmm. appreciate? Is it a good neighborhood? Is it sellable later? But also, you know, you you, you can fall in love easily. And maybe that's just me talking as a yeah. female. And it's you know, it's <laughs> happened to me in the past. And um, oh no, yeah, don't I can't worry. even. The males fell in love with the garage. Oh yeah, and, and the, <laughs> and the basement. basement. <laughs> <laughs> the sheds, you know, yeah. all of those things. Yeah, but emotions definitely do get in the way of it. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, you know, I did an anal- I've been doing analysis and, you know, I did one the other day, one day last week, and the value of their home was actually more than what they thought. So when I go into somebody's yeah. home, I never ask them what they think the value of their house is. Um, I know sometimes agents will ask that because they're trying to sort of get an idea so they can make that number around that number when they come up with the analysis. Okay, and that might be really related to like their bedside manner if they have to give it, yeah, you know, exactly. recommend something lower or something. Yeah. Or they're just yeah. going to come in with that price for them. You know, hey, uh, these are the comps I'm going to show you. Yep. Look, bing, 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 the number gets to where you want. Yeah. But for me, I don't like to know. I am 100% a benefactor. I want to please everybody. So if you tell me what that number is, I am going to try to come up with that number. So I don't ask when I'm at the house. Yeah. I put together my analysis based on what I saw at your home, what you told me about your improvements and what the market is currently doing. I put all those numbers together. I come up with a range. But when I sit with people, I always ask them like it's a game, you know, now why don't you tell me what you feel the value of your house is? Because I do want to know what their thoughts are, you know, because sometimes you do, should have I brought some tequila with me or perhaps an ice cream sundae? You you got to know what you want to know what you're walking into a little bit. Yeah. Just to sort of ease into the process. But when I did one just this week and I said, I feel that the value of your house is actually more than the range that I have given based on comps. Now I'm looking at these comps like an appraiser is going to. Yeah. So the appraiser is going to have to because they're going to appraise it. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) It's easy to sell a house to a buyer, but sell it to appraiser is another thing. Right. And the bank. Right. Exactly. I'm not going to give you the money for it. Right. So as soon as I said that, how much more I thought their house was worth, and it wasn't a tremendous amount more, but what do you think happened? Because they're buying a house too. They wanted to, they thought they could afford a bigger house yeah. or a more expensive house. Yeah, now they now they yeah. want to spend that money right away. Yeah. It's yeah. like, blows my mind. There yeah. are times when I was like, we should have Alyssa in the room right yeah. now. <laughs> Just because you, you can have spend my number. it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just because you can spend it now doesn't mean you have to. Right. Because right. you were perfectly okay with that price range that you were looking at, but now it's $25,000 more. And instead of putting it into the equity of the home, Oh, now I can look higher. But how much more of a house does that really buy you? $25,000? It it really could. Yeah. It could could make a little bit of a difference. All right. Yeah. yeah, in terms of neighborhood or, you know, whether or something is finished or, yeah, okay. Well, especially right. if you're sort of pushing yourself to get to that first number. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. $25,000 more, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it does. It helps. Um, so, think, so things have cooled down a little bit, but that that's probably, that's just seasonal. Like, I think that that's really, more seasonal, yes. Okay, yeah. Um, usually, generally, my my fall season is actually uh, busier than my spring market, if you can believe that. So, um, you know, I have a team. So Mary is works with me primarily as my buyer's agent, and Melissa actually takes care of the office. And I'm really okay. focusing on, um, now that we bought the new office and mm-hmm. everything, I don't have the same pressures of a five-year lease and all these other things, and very affordable, uh, great location. 
Um, I really am going back to what I'm enjoying and that is helping people buy and sell real estate. And this year, my team, we've sold year to date 52 houses. Wow. Um, and the office is over 200. Wow. So um, I did some numbers. I did an analysis last week. I don't um, I don't gauge my success by numbers. I know that sounds hokey, especially talking to a numbers girl. I really do gauge by how happy my clients are. That's that's my meter. Yeah. In the happy, you know. And how happy you are. You yeah, know, I know. Work-life balance and all yeah. that. How yeah. happy my clients are, the, more, yeah. the happier they are the more people they refer me to and everything else. Yeah. But they asked me to do some statistics on, you know, where the office fell because, you know, we're a boutique. That's exactly what I want to be because we can concentrate on our clients. And so I, I, I was like, well, let me pull up the numbers. I don't know. So right in front of them, I pulled up the numbers. So in Plymouth County, Boston Connect Real Estate right now, we're number, I think it was number 12 in units sold in all of Plymouth County of all Massachusetts offices. Wow. Yeah. So how many brokerage firms are there? Real estate broker, hundreds. hundreds. Oh, okay. Hundreds yeah. and hundreds. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. So I was really pleased okay. about that. So things are good. So th- it has been a very busy season. I just think that things are trickling down in certain price ranges. That to me would be the higher price ranges yeah. in certain communities. I just was wondering, I'm only going off of like the few homes in our neighborhood that I've seen and and one of them in particular I think was just priced way high Mm -hmm. and has come down significantly and is still sitting there. Yep. And I I just wonder like, you know, this happens in the financial markets too where where you have a period of, Mm. um, you know, success and appreciation and, and people get you know, Mm -hmm. whatever word you want to use, optimistic, they take things for granted. They, you know, you might use the word, they get a little bit greedy. Mm -hmm. They, they, they think that, um, you know, they take it for granted. Like, like in the world of investing, you know, the market has done well, at least in the United States for a decade. And Mm -hmm. and it's just, you know, it's pretty, has been pretty easy to make money. Mm -hmm. And, and people, um, if people continue to think that, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, even in the world of, of investing, you can overpay for stocks as well. And Mm -hmm. you can overpay for investing. Investments, and you know you you have a long period of that, and and guess what happens? The market tops out, and and it will start to turn. And I just mm-hmm. I know that happens in the real estate market as well, yep. um, where people just you know are are pricing higher and higher and higher, and then at some point it becomes unrealistic. It, and yeah, one hundred percent. And and that was what exactly what happened in you know your dad's neighborhood that I had talked about was that other house. You know what it's it it put other thoughts in people's mind. But what a house is on the market for doesn't mean anything. I mean it really comes down. This is what I love. Numbers are numbers. Even when I did this analysis yesterday, I say, it's like water. It's going to seek its own level. I can't change these numbers. That's why I like, I'm very transparent. I bring them right into MLS. But one thing I know for sure is you can never underprice a home. You can only overprice a home. You can never underprice a home because you'll just get multiple bids. <clears throat> and the market will tell you exactly what they're going, what they're willing to pay for it. So when we have those homes that really do listen to their real estate advisor, I think that you should be within this range. And the math is really simple, okay? So you have a colonial, four bedroom colonial, yeah. right? We look at other four bedroom colonials, similar neighborhoods, similar style, similar, you know, upgrades. Finishings. Finishings, yep. the pools, the yep. things. We, we try to look for the pools and things like that if yeah. we can. Yeah. Let's just say we find four of them. We add them together. We divide by yeah, four. It's pretty simple. 
you get the median. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And then I add 3% to each side. Okay. And that's your range. Yeah. So then there are always people, you know, there are certain times when I'll say, you know what? I really do feel comfortable going over the range because looking, you're never going to find an exact apple for apple. So if I was looking at your house, I might right. say, look, Alyssa, we, these other three homes that I'm looking at are very similar, but I feel as if, you know, the, all the upgrades that you've done to your home are really going to add marketability to the house. Yeah. People are going to want that. They're going to want your yard. They're going to want the pool. They're going to want all of those things. Yeah. So that's people buying with emotion. So we can cushion it a little bit more for that because yeah. I think people would be willing to pay for it because you know, and I know to put what you put in your backyard, what I have in my backyard, it is, it's, it is a lot of money, Yeah. right? So yeah. you're going to be adding, I'll just use a rough number, $100,000 if you want to put in a pool and you want to put in the fence and the landscaping and the, you know, everything, stamped concrete, whatever. Yeah. Um, so those types of things, I think um, buying with emotion is different. So now yesterday I was in the office and one of my agents uh, was there. She's a newer agent. So we have a mentoring program at our office and one of her clients to put an offer in on a house. So we don't allow our new agents to do that solo. Okay. So um, the mentor, um, we have an empowerment team. So that's my team leader. So team for us is training, education, education, advising and mentoring. So our empowerment team, she wasn't, I was there. So I was like, well, I know how to do this. Like <laughs> I don't need her to help me. So I helped her put the offer together. Her clients came in who I, I also know and adore. The value of the house is worth more to them because of the location of where it is but it's on a busier street. A lot of people are not going to want that. Like the right. house I talked you out of in Norwell right. that time. Right. right. It was on a busy street. Right. For them, that's what they want. They It was off the road. They it wanted was private. a busy street? Well, it's off the road and private. Yeah. Okay. So they don't want that neighborhood setting where they feel as if everybody knows yeah. their business and sure. can look in their Fair windows. Enough. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I said to them, this is multiple offers. It's going to happen on this house. They already have one offer in hand. I said, this is where I feel the, the value of the house is. Now you decide what you're willing to pay for it. Yeah, okay. Because if Cause there's a range for that as well. Within reason, it's probably not $100,000, no, but no. it's probably 20 or 30 or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, 40, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It seems to me that um that that maybe if you compare 2019 to like 10 or 15 years ago, mm -hmm. it seems to me that post credit crisis banks are probably a little bit better about tempering the market mm -hmm. and not letting things prices of homes get out of control because mm -hmm. they have more stringent um, regulations regulations and and their um, lending behaviors or policies or whatever mm -hmm. are, are more strict yeah. post credit crisis than they were prior so yes. I think that's all in all a good thing yeah so me hopefully too. we don't have another um, credit crisis though I, I feel like there's a lot of cash out refis and stuff like that mm. and that's probably a topic for a home other show and that makes me a little bit nervous and let you know maybe well, things that, loosening a little bit but that's so, the behavior of what we had before yeah exactly mm -hmm. exactly we and, called that phantom income by the way so people were doing yeah. cash out yeah and then they were just spending it on things they weren't actually doing anything to improve their home they were going on cruises buying cars yeah spending yeah. money they didn't have on things they didn't need to impress people they did not know yeah right yeah, yeah. and <laughs> so. unfortunately i think it might still happen maybe not yeah. to the, the same extent but yeah. but let, um, let's talk about the appraisal um, part of things and you have your breaks right at the same we time. We have so? our break in five 
five minutes, yes. So. so with the appraisals, the way that it used to be, and let's go back to, you know, 2004, 2005, markets fast. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, the pace of it. Inventory was low and things were just selling quickly. What would happen is the uh, buyer, client, would go to their loan officer and their loan officer, would they would say, oh, we got the house under agreement. Loan officer then calls, you know, Uncle Joe and says, hey, appraiser Uncle Joe, yeah, um, yeah. I have a client and the house is, uh, we have the PNS signed it. We need it to come in at 550. Those were the terms we heard. So they were driving the appraiser. Exactly. They were driving the number they were going to get. They were uh, f- almost controlling it. it. it yeah. I actually had anxiety during that time because... I, I just, I couldn't There's no see. checks and balances. Like there's no, no yeah. Besides that, there was, there were no doc loans. I was like, how uh, could these people be getting, I'm like, just because you can get that much doesn't mean you have to spend that much. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I'm frugal. I, if I am, I got it from Mark. I certainly <laughs> didn't get it from Mark. It wasn't inherited into me. Uh-huh. Um, but then, so then that's how that would happen. So when, you know, the down of 2010, yeah. you know, government regulations, yeah. you know, Franny, Fetty, Freddie, all of them, they were like, nope, these are the new rules. Yep. So buyer now finds a house, goes to the loan officer. Hey, I have, I found the house I want. It's under agreement for 550. And then they go to a third party company. So loan officer goes to third party company, third party company sends it out sends to an appraiser. Whoever. And, and is the real, is the loan officer allowed to communicate with the appraiser? Not at all. So, um, and I'm actually, I'm having a situation right now with one of my properties and the buyer and the buyer's agent are trying to get very much involved in some processes. Uh, It's a long story for another day. Um, But I, you know, even just last night I said, this process will go the way that it normally goes. So the appraiser will call the listing agent on the property and then I will open up the house for the appraiser because they don't want any outside influence to come upon that appraiser right to help somebody through or right, right you know I would hate to think that somebody's in you know behind the cabana saying here here's a you know here's, here's a here's a thousand bucks for you if you get this to work that's awful yeah um it, it's however if you like what you were saying about and how you price properties and it's just mm. math and it's just a very small range of fluctuation yep. from that math if you're pricing properties appropriately it shouldn't be no issue so you know mm-hmm. how often are you seeing someone you know a buyer you know mm-hmm. c- committed to um, a property and then they can't get the financing. I mean, is that, Mm. have you seen that much Mm -hmm. recently? Well, I haven't seen it much recently, but we have had appraisals come back low. Um, I had a situation, so this adorable uh, young couple, uh, not young couple, adorable older couple uh, selling the house they've been in for a lifetime. It's actually uh, my aunt's best friend. And I did this analysis with them. I brought them online and I showed them. So when they came on the market, it was probably July-ish or June-ish. And I said, I really do believe that we could get more than the range because we're testing the market at that point because you have to remember, I'm looking at the last six months. So in June, I have been looking at comps from what, December, January, February, March, April, May, yeah. So not much goes on exactly. Jan- December, January, February, maybe even March, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. And if anything, nothing's really selling in those other first three months. You know, the, They're being the listed, spring, but maybe not being closed. They might yeah. be sold or under agreement, but okay. they haven't sold yet. Yeah. So I said, what? that's where I feel as if I can test the market a little bit. Particularly so. in those months. Exactly. Right, right? and that's just a mark. Be- yeah. And I'll say that to the appraiser. So the appraiser on that property, we actually got multiple offers and we got them over asking. I meet the appraiser every time as on my listings. And I said to him, just so you know, we had, I think it was seven offers on this property. They were all over asking. That indicates to him that the market is 
right there. They yeah. weren't like yeah. grossly overpriced just to try to get the lit, you know, try, try to get the offer and then break it down. Um, at home inspection, we can talk about that. But if there are other people that are willing to, then they will. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money, educating the investors of the South Shore and now the Merrimack Valley on 980 AM WCAP. And of course, our old friend, uh, 95.9 WATD on yes, the South yes, Shore. Yes, yes, very old friend. <laughs> that, wasn't yes. the right, that wasn't the right part. <laughs> We've known you we a have, long time, Alicia. This is wonderful. A long time family since 1990. I heard yeah, you right. ask Merrimack. That's, right. That's yeah. right. That's right. This is almost our 30. This is, next year's our 30-year anniversary at WATD. Oh, wow. Are they going to have a party planning a party for us? I don't know. Did this. I just maybe ruin the <laughs> surprise, I hope, Tim? I hope there is. I don't know anything about yeah. it. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll plan our own party for uh, our third okay, anniversary. Yeah. Tim's like, all right, well, just let me know when. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. We actually, a couple years ago, so it was uh, 2017 that we had our 30-year anniversary in our business. Oh. My dad started okay. the business in 1987. Mm. Um, mm. And we talked about having a party, and then we never had a party. So maybe this is our, our yeah. um, excuse to have a party. Mm. There you go. Um, uh, so we are, so if you're listening on the South Shore, we're live this morning, 781-837-4900. Uh, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed and I'm chatting this morning with Sharon McNamara, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> family relation, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sharon is the broker owner, founder of Boston Connect Real Estate and she's a sales and marketing advisor. I'm looking at your bio right now. Mm-hmm. So I know I have that perfectly correct. Yeah. Um, and we're chatting about all things real estate. It has been a little while since yeah. you I've had you on the show, so it's great. Thank you for being here. Yes, I have um, to have you over to our new studio I too, our in-house studio. You get it, in-house, like so. It's in our it house. It looks very yeah, nice. I, yeah, come over, Tim. I I uh, may at some point. All right. I'm, I'm usually busy Tuesday nights working. Tuesday oh, nights. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I would I would love to stop by. Well, to see your new office, which yeah. I haven't even um, yeah, seen yet, and I don't it. get to that area very often. Yeah, um, Pembroke Center, right, yeah. is where mm-hmm. the office is. Um, other than my favorite pet store is in Pembroke, the Healthy Animal on oh, yes. 53, and so that's like sort of close, right? Yeah. That's not far. Um, so I can all hit. Oh, two, not, I'll if you should go to Abendanza's right there, if you oh, like pizza, never, oh. they have very good pizza. Never eaten there. Yeah, it's really and they have really good salads. And every time we have a client who buys in Pembroke, uh, that's what we do for our clients is we send them pizza on the day of moving. Oh, so that yeah. because they're too busy to make yeah. a meal and probably yeah. don't want to go out because they want to unpack. So. Yeah, exactly. Or that's, just get the cute. beds made. That's you know, <laughs> yeah. That, that's the perfect meal when you're moving in is pizza. Yeah, you know what? Yep. I'm I'm on a no carb thing right now. Pizza's oh. my thing but that's all right I'll I'll find a do you have you must have a recipe for like a cauliflower crust or something I do I do but I had but I try not to eat much dairy either so I can't you know you just can't win yeah Mm -hmm. you know Um, but I do have a good cauliflower crust pizza crust recipe okay good Um, send it my way yeah Um, all right so we've been talking about kind of what's going on in the real estate market Um, Mm -hmm. how about now that it's that time of year where Maybe things are slowing down seasonally and people will be busy with the holidays coming up. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know how much real estate um, sales go on in the, you know, in the dead of winter when there's two feet of snow yeah. out. Mm-hmm. You, we can touch on that. But I also wanted to touch on, you know, if someone is thinking about selling their home, what what sort of things that they, can they do at, you mm-hmm. know, if, if, you know, first of all, do they wait for the spring market or, or do they put it on sooner to take mm-hmm. advantage of less inventory? Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what sort of things should people be thinking about? 
about if they are getting ready to sell, let's say in the next six months? Yeah, so that was actually my topic last week. You were part of that. Um, so I yes. reached out. Um, Maybe that, that's why it was top of mind. Yeah, <laughs> I reached out that morning to all the, you know, the professionals that I use in the industry. And I said, if you were going to give a top tip on things that you should be considering now, if you're coming on the market in the spring. Um, so I'm going to look up for that list and we can go through some of those as well. But I want to talk a little bit about, you know, putting your house on the market in the winter months. Yeah. Don't be afraid to do so. Yeah. You've said I, that in the past. Yeah. I really think it is a, it's a good time to do it. You're not going to be bothered as much because only your serious buyers are out. Nobody, if you're not True. really looking for a house, you're not going to be, you know, True. going through the snow and through the holidays to find like one. Like logistically, it's difficult because hmm. moving in the, the snow is difficult. However, yes. if you're planning to hire a mover anyway, then what's the problem? Yeah. 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 They'll shovel, shovel yeah. a pathway and, <laughs> right. and you go. Right. <laughs> That's the only thing it. I could think of is that like, just from a lifestyle point of view, it might just yeah. be annoying to, to move to in the in. middle of the snow. But yeah. And it's a little difficult if there's a lot of snow on the ground and you're purchasing a home because you can't really, you know, with your home inspection, get around like the foundation and things like that. So yeah. those are some considerations to take. You know, if there's a pool, are you going to be able to test the pool? You True. can't test the AC. So those are all things that we talked about True. on our list of things to do now if you're coming on in the spring. I just also, what about photos? Like if someone's yeah. going to be listing in December, those winter photos don't look as attractive. Exactly. Although I think the snow is quite beautiful, but but mm. I feel like the the, the spring, spring, fall, summer photos look a lot, a lot better, better with yep. everyone's home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll have people who know they're coming on the market and we're already preparing to do take photos some now. photos now. Yeah. And we can even just do the exterior. So if you need time to finish doing what you need to do inside, well, we can always do those later. Yeah. So, you know, with lights and everything, we can, you know, do that. But the exterior, if you want to do it. But right now is sort of, it's a little dreary because the grass isn't really that green anymore mm. and things are starting to brown. So I sometimes I'd rather the white. Yeah, that's snow. true. I mean, a freshly, um, I think fresh snow is beautiful. Yeah. You know, but unless it's like two feet and it's, you know, halfway up your bushes yeah. and you're fine, you can't see the <laughs> yeah. landscaping. Or um, if you had snow and you forgot to, you know, do your, you know, the winter rake that first fall, you know, the first yeah. snow and people have their leaves out there. The big whale is still out there, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and there's a light coating over you everything. Can, those are the families. Either those are the parents that are yeah. too busy for that stuff. Exactly. That, exactly. that very well be made. Maybe me and Kirk, we might still have like the patio furniture out by the pool by the time it snows. Oh, we keep yeah. being like, oh, we should really get out there and put that stuff away, which we didn't before. We we just closed our pool a couple weeks ago, and and um, ours is still open. <laughs> yeah, I love to keep it open through September, but yeah. we didn't use it in October. But mm -hmm. um, we actually, but not this past bomb cyclone, but the storm before that, the mm -hmm. windstorm that we had, we didn't get out there to put away um, the furniture, and didn't a chair end up in the pool? <laughs> <laughs> I like you know skim the chair out of the pool. I was um, like, oh, we really should put this furniture There was something away. that yeah. Mark was over your house and I remember, I think I heard him call you or something and it was like, Alyssa, you have to do this now. Something about- The outdoor shower probably because he was freezing. like, I really don't want to come back next year and fix these pipes. You need to, <laughs> yes. you need to shut off the water, which I did. Yes. Just a few Good days job. ago. Good job. Um, on the subject of, pi of pictures, mm -hmm. one of, maybe one of my pet peeves yep. is when I look at 
real estate, which I just do very casually, mm-hmm. you know, almost just for fun, you know, the pages in the yeah. in the paper that come around and stuff like that. And once in a while, I'll just poke around. Um, I, I can't stand it when the pictures are so are dated. Like if you're looking at a home in the summer and the picture is from the winter, yes, it, you can tell they're dated. It's mm-hmm. just oh, it's very frustrating, and I don't even want to look at that house. Yes, <laughs> well, it's, it's, because it's dating the house. So yeah. that's one of my pet peeves too. And in my office, as soon as I know there's no more snow on the ground, I tell I send out an email to all of our agents and say, no more snow pitches are allowed on your photos. Okay. So yeah. I want those sort of gone. Yeah. And it is, it just so, dates the house. Like then yeah. your mental capacity is, wow, that house has been on the market right. a long time. Exactly. You get one sunny day and you're like, wow. nobody, nobody else wants it. I probably don't want it mm-hmm. either. Which actually, however, you know, can mm-hmm. prove to be untrue because I thought the same thing about the home that I currently live in. Yeah. Um, where it had been on, the market was different at that time. Mm-hmm. What year was that? That was, oh, I'm sorry, 12. We moved into this house in 2012 yep. where things were just starting to turn and heat up, I mm-hmm. think, at that time. It yep. was like summer of yep. 12 when we were looking. Starting to go out, yeah. Um, and a lot of things were starting to move quickly and this part- the home that we live in now had been on the market for nine months. Yeah. And we didn't look at it initially because I was like, well, there must be something wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And, and it does, I mean, it yeah. really is, you know, if you put your house on, that's what people worry about back to what we started talking about. People worry about putting their house on the market in the winter because if it doesn't sell right away, they're worried about yeah. the days on market. Yeah. Yeah. So I tell people, <clears throat> excuse me, don't worry about days on market. So if you're looking on, you know, online, you might see DOM. That's what it stands for. Days on market. Uh, don't worry about it because as a real estate agent, if I see a house has been on the market for a few months, I'll look to see when it came on. Oh, well, it came on in, you know, the day after Thanksgiving. Well, it makes okay. sense that maybe it was a little bit longer. Yeah. So the the positives about listing your home at the end of the year and in the winter months is one, you get people who are serious buyers. So you're not interrupted as much, which is good. Yeah. But you also have less inventory. So there, you don't have as much competition as you're going to have in the spring. Yeah. And with the higher priced homes, I tend to see a lot of relocation happening. So if you think about Boston being the hub of financial, medical, and education, we have a lot of transient people who are coming back and forth yeah. from other states that are relocating in here and out. So people are selling their house and people are buying. And that's not seasonal. That's whenever. Hmm. That yeah. is whenever, yeah. but we tend to see a lot of it at the end of the year. So come new year, oh. new year. Oh, so maybe it is seasonal. Okay. Yeah. All right. So new year, you know, so yeah. people want to yeah. stay in their current job to get their bon- year end bonus then they're going to be making their move come January. Mm-hmm. And that's when we see a lot of that. It's also for families. They like to the relocation people coming in from other states. They like to do it during the winter break. So then when the kiddos are coming back, starting a new school, they're sort of starting after a break and they're not just sort of showing up. Right. You know, that's right, Yeah, that's a, right. Right in right. the middle. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, so if someone is going to list their home in the winter after Christmas or do you do it? Anytime. Any, oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say like the day after Thanksgiving doesn't seem like a great day to list a no. house, but maybe it's it doesn't matter. But you never know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So people are Black Friday real estate sale. Come on. <laughs> yes. yeah. oh, my but fav- if you're listing, you don't want the, no, the yeah. price no. to be cut. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Uh, that was my favorite marketing piece that I did last year was when the Patriots, because of course we have to schedule everything around the Patriots. So tonight, <laughs> I, it's literally in my calendar. They, what time are they playing tonight? 8, 8.25, oh, I believe okay, it is. I'll be asleep. Yeah, okay. so tonight. You might be asleep like, too. I don't know. I, know, I don't know that I'm going to make it through this. No. But... The Patriots, uh, when they had their bye week, that's what that was my my uh, marketing piece was. Oh, it's a bye week. Come buy a house. That was pretty clever. Uh, that's pretty clever. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. I always say, don't be afraid to. Yeah. People are always buying and selling, and in the winter months, 
go back to what we were talking about earlier. We're looking six months prior. So right. now we're looking at April, May, June, July, August, September numbers. Comps are the highest. Yeah. yeah. So you come on October, November, December, those numbers are higher because we have more sales. So your appraisals are going to potentially be higher. They'll be good. Than, You'll right, have a lot yeah. to choose from okay. to get your comps together. Okay. Yeah. How about like um, uh, preparing, I know you were looking for that list, but how about like just preparing your home from a staging point of view, from a, mm-hmm. um, you know, fixing this, that, and the other thing point of view? Mm-hmm. Um, are you, you know, what's your general guidance regarding that? Are you having people have an inspection before they list so that they know what's mm-hmm. happening? Yeah. Um, I, you know, the, the conversations I have with people are kind of like, well, they're really all over the place, but no one wants to sell their home as is yeah. because there's, there are these, and I think this was my, my tip mm-hmm. for you for your show was, um, there, there's a lot of pride in selling your home and I, and I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. I love my home. And yeah. when I go to sell I'm it's going to be very emotional for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I j- but from a financial perspective, it would just be great if people could separate that. Yes. Um, because I think a lot of money is put into a home prior to sale for pride reasons. Mm-hmm. And I am not convinced that people get Mm-hmm. a large percentage of that back. Nope. Um, and that it's, it's, it saddens me because, you know, if you think about, I understand pride, of course, but like the people that you care about in your life will have already seen your home. Yeah. They, they know what it is and what it isn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the people that are coming into your home don't know you. Yeah. And so may not even see you at the closing because yeah. attorneys generally handle closings yep. now anyway. Out so like attorney. Yep. it doesn't, if you think it through, those pride renovations or up, upgrades or whatever, they don't make any financial sense. Nope. I don't Maybe not so. any, but you can, you know, you can Some. touch on that, but it yep. depends on what it is. But yeah, can you just touch on yeah. that? Yeah. And it's funny too, because when I'm doing an open house or if I'm showing a client a property and they're very like quiet if I see them like sort of walking around but I feel like I you know they want to say something I always say to them feel free to say whatever you want like I've never lived here <laughs> like so yeah, you're, yeah. you're not going to hurt my feelings <laughs> it's not my house and there's probably not a video camera running yeah, but, where, well yeah. there might be really is that legal we, we should it, talk about that okay yeah. is it legal um, it is not legal to if you have to just say that you are on surveillance but you're not allowed to record people and listen so to it them so can be on live are, surveillance yeah and people do it and they don't tell you. So when I'm with my clients, I know we just shifted gears real quick. Wow. There. When think about the ring doorbell. I guess it's a, I guess it makes I mean yeah. There's no privacy anymore in no. our world. No. So I guess that that makes But think sense. about that. You think that you're going onto a house and you don't know that they have cameras and you're talking. I always say to my clients, we will not discuss anything about this house yeah. until we get outside. Yeah. Yeah. And actually when you get in your car, I, I, no, I can, I remember, and it's totally different now because the yeah. surveillance throws a whole curveball, but I can, do you remember when we were looking at the house that we bought together? Yes. And Kirk and I were outside and we said something about, well, this is pretty much perfect. Uh-huh. And there was a window open and the guy was home and yep. you were like, zip it. Yep. <laughs> You're like, stop talking. <laughs> yeah, but one of my favorite comments from yeah. you was uh, one house we looked at and it just did not smell great inside. And you no. had a funny comment and you're like, Sharon, this house smells like butt. I think it, <laughs> excuse me. I think it was pants. <laughs> pants. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit more I know. appropriate. Yeah, but correct. it was yeah, funny. But it it was smell. really, really funny. It didn't smell great. Um, so on one hand, it's great for the seller to know that because then they can deep clean their house and yeah. maybe the next person won't think I, it smells like that, but you 
know what? Yeah. I am 100% so transparent with all of my feedback and I ask agents to be transparent with oh, me. Good. Yep. I can't yep. make yep. what's wrong right if you don't tell me. So right, right now, right. one of the big things in our industry, so I'm going to the NAR convention on November 7th. So um, there's a few of us going. Actually, my whole team is going. And... Um, Technology, technology, you know, these um, companies are coming in and that technology, we have the best technology. We all have the same darn internet, okay? That's all I want to say. So your interface might be a little bit different, but we're all going to the same place. Yeah, so yeah. we all have technology. It's like, I want to say big deal, like who cares? What people are forgetting about real estate agents, I find the biggest piece of communication, um, the biggest piece of, the biggest piece missing, according to NAR, National Association of Realtors, is communication. So for me, the biggest piece of technology that we should be using is the telephone. And I know it sounds like I'm old school, but no one's picking up the phone anymore. But I need to know. <coughs> Meaning the realtors need that, the, or the owners really the realtors, need that feedback. We need that feedback. Yeah. And I always tell people, so right now I have a home in Hingham. Um, actually, they know your parents, actually. Okay. Sisters. I okay. talked to your dad about them. Okay. And I'm selling their home. Uh, they're older. They don't understand technology. They don't want their house, the inside of their house, all over the internet. So we have one picture. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They okay. don't want a lockbox. They're frightened about that. Hmm. So I accompany every showing that's down there. And... Um, you know, that was sort of a struggle, the, um, showing them what the market is because, you know, uh, understanding numbers, they weren't really understanding. But the feedback I've been giving them is, you know, there's a lot of conservation and a lot of wetlands. So people don't like that. Um, the home is built in 85. That beautiful, beautiful home, sturdy, sturdy home. But 85 is when everything was boxy, right? Okay. What does everybody want now? Nice open floor plan. Right. Like, you know, like your right, like right. living room and, you know what yep. I mean? It just open. Yeah. So I'm giving them the feedback and they're taking it personal. Yeah. And I was like, you really can't take it personal. Those are things we can't change, but we know why they're not purchasing. And they're like, well, what about this? What about that? What about this great feature? And I was like, well, when people give feedback, they, they generally only give the reason why they don't want it. Right, <laughs> right. You know, so and, you really right. have to, you have to sort of separate yourself. You're not selling a home anymore. You're selling a house. So that's what you have to do. For me, I go, when you were saying money, I don't like anybody to spend a lot of money to get their house on the market. Yeah. I prefer to just list the house according to the condition it's in. The example I gave earlier, four houses sold. We're trying to look for apples for apples. We're never going to be able to. So we might find one that has maybe better, you know, granite counters where you don't have granite. Uh, but maybe this one over here doesn't have a garage, but you have a garage. So you know what I mean? It's yeah. a little bit of a give right. and take. Right. So, and when I walk through somebody's home, I always tell people before I start, when I'm doing my pre-CMA, so I'm going around their house with them, I look at your home through the eyes of a buyer. Buyers are looking for what's wrong, not for what's right. But I don't notice certain things that are really funny because I was at a house recently and I'm looking at the floors and there's wall to wall carpet, but it's an older house. So I just sort of look out into the hallway because I'm trying to understand if there might be hardwood underneath. So as I'm looking down at the floor, just trying to process, I've never been in the house before, so it takes a little while. Um, the homeowner says, oh, I know the color of these walls are horrific. I should probably paint the walls. I didn't even notice them. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's something they notice because they don't like it. They haven't liked it for a long time. To me, I was just like... Well, they're moving. Yeah, paint, yeah. Is, paint is easy. Like, So let somebody else do it because let, they're going to want to anyways. They're going to want to paint anyways. It's not going yeah. to increase the value. It might increase you know, the marketability or the way that it looks in pictures or stuff like that. But 
honestly, it was a child's bedroom and I don't put those in MLS anyways. Okay. So I just save those for showings. Yeah. And yeah. I would imagine every new homeowner pretty paints most of the walls anyway. What? Although I still haven't painted my living room, Sharon. It's been a really? long time. Yeah. And I and I hate the color. It's just <laughs> like that blah tan. You spend so much time in there. I know, but it's such a big room. It's so big and there's so, so many little like... Hire someone to do it. I know. I just, you know... Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. Like we're going away for a weekend. Can you come and paint my house? I'll yeah. give you my painter's name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeez. And that's what you spend do. money on what you value, right? Because I'm like, I could paint this wall myself. I don't want to spend X, but yeah. I couldn't put in a pool myself, so I paid for that. But you know. Yeah, but can you really paint it? Not for a couple of years, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and can you really even do like a job that a painter is going to do? Right. Oh, no. Probably not. not. Yeah, no. Just hire someone yeah, to do it. Some one room. Someday will. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm just going to, we'll call the family and everybody chip in. That will be your Christmas present. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Paint party. I've actually been really spoiled because my father-in-law um, has done a lot of the painting for us in our home because mm. he likes to paint. Oh. And um, he's had some free time and, you know, over the years and he's actually helped out a lot with that. So thank goodness for that. He, he and Kirk actually painted the exterior of the home recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Took them 12 months to do it. But you know what? <laughs> Saved us like 20 grand. Rome wasn't built so in a day. So I was, we were super happy with that. Yeah. His Did you say the same color? Um, no. So do you remember it was like... It was like tan with green trim. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we went like a, a, a similar neutral tannish grayish with white trim. Yeah, nice. So I guess not. You all didn't that go different. Brady yeah. Bunch green with a tan trim. No, <laughs> no. Our oh, house was like okay. it was like tan, but it like it was a little bit yellowy. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just because of over the time, or it was yeah. just like yellowy, or it played off the green trim. It was like that sage yeah, green yeah, trim. Yeah. Mm. Um, and our house is like a colonial, but I almost think it's like a it's like a unique kind of I don't know if it's modern anymore, but maybe mm. when it was built it was. Like a modern, contemporary, um, contemporary colonial, and so I like the you know the the reverse or whatever you know the, mm -hmm. the off color trim. I think was you know it kind of worked, but after a few years, I was like, yeah, this has got to go. Mm -hmm. And now it's just very clean looking, so it's yep. just you know. Yeah, and then you have that pride um, when you drive up your hill and there you are. Yeah, and I had to be different from your immediate neighbors too. Like oh, my yeah. one neighbor on one side is like turquoise uh -huh. and it looks really nice with white trim. And my neighbor- Turquoise? Um, like like a seafoam, okay. seafoamy, okay. not turquoise. Like like seafoam I think is better. Okay, well turquoise with is white, the color you share, right? But uh, but like this, but lighter. Like okay, it's yeah. not this bright and in your face. Yeah, because like I was going to say. Oh. No, <laughs> it actually looks really nice. <laughs> and then my other neighbor is white with black trim. Mm -hmm. And then there's another neighbor that was like yellow, mm -hmm. but it looked nice. Anyway, you know, you have to oh. be different from. From everybody else. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to have the same house as your mm -hmm. immediate neighbor, I don't think. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's. we're going to take a break in a minute. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. I'm talking with Sharon McNamara uh, of Boston Connect Real Estate. We're talking about all things real estate this morning. Um, the financial aspects or the financial uh, issues surrounding that and mm -hmm. um, you know what people need to be thinking about if they're uh, going to be selling their home at some point in the coming months. Mm -hmm. uh, if anyone, we're live in on the South Shore this morning, 781-837-4900. If you're listening on WATD, you can give us a call with your questions uh, for me or for Sharon. And we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Mm -hmm. 